I can't believe we're doing this again. I'm super stoked. Yeah, yeah. What's Wait. up? Um, it's greatness at any cost, and we are back. Kinda, sorta. No, we're back. We're back. Um, so yeah, I'm here with Jonathan, and I'm your host, Devin, and uh, we are going to talk about some new magic stuff, because this modern Horizons 2 stuff is super wacky. Yeah, it's it's exciting, but it's wacky. Like, I like how we're just going to give like no explanation about where we've been for the past like year and a half or whatever. It's just like boom, we're boom episode here it is. What's up? Like, <laughs> hey man, like if, it, if anyone happens. wonders, they can throw COVID on their mind yeah, and say it's happens. that stuff happens. Like, but here we are, and uh, we're just going to jump right into it, guys, because. Well, I, I guess I actually have like an outline for this episode, and I kind of already threw it out the window. But uh, we're going to talk about two formats today, mainly. We're going to talk about historic and modern. Because um, we're looking at it right now, so modern is just like fresh on our minds. Let's get into some of this Modern Horizons 2 stuff. Um, dude, you see Grief? Yes. <laughs> I was like, you know me, I'm a blue player. I was already scanning through all the blue, and I've just gotten to Fractured Sanity and was oh, like, God, oh, yeah. what? Yeah, and so they seem to be trying to push, like, a squirrel thing, too. Like, uh, squirrel sanctuary, squirrel, squirrel mob. Yeah, you've got... Uh, that has to be more... Squirrel general. <laughs> that has to be more, like for commander right like this is there's like it's like commander masters right like people like tribal yeah and pe I, I, people have been yelling for squirrel tribal for like since the beginning of magic man. i just don't see the support there though like for squirrels all right well, let's start getting I mean, into some specific dude, cards though squirrel sovereign a green and a colorless for a 2-2 two, two squirrel that gives all your squirrels plus one, plus one. Yeah. Squirrel lords. Well, and then you got you got this uh, Chatterfang Squirrel General with Forest Walk. If one or more tokens would be created under your control, those tokens plus that many 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature tokens are created instead. And you can pay... Is that a black? You can pay a black and sack X squirrel... Tar X, X squirrels. Okay, pay a black, sacrifice X squirrels. Target creature gets plus X minus X until end of turn. So it can either be like a pump or you can just use it to like kill one of their things. Yeah. Um, like squirrel mob. Three mana for a 2-2. Two -two. It gets plus one plus one for each other squirrel on the battlefield. Jeez. Like... And it's not just your squirrels. It's each other squirrel on the battlefield. That's old sliver rule. Yeah. And then you got this card. I've seen some people posting things about this card, Grief. <clears throat> it's a, uh elemental incarnation creature. It's a 3-2 for 4 mana. He's got Menace. And when Grief enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals their hand. Choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card. And it has Evoke. An exile black card from your hand, and you can just evoke it. Yeah, just yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's nice to see evoke make a comeback. Sure. Okay, <laughs> like that's that's an interesting concept that can like you know. 
So do you get think, out of hand? All right, here's a, here's so we got to talk about the stats of grief, right? Because <clears throat> it's a four mana creature. That's a three two. I, I see you, Bloodbraid Elf. All right, so does this take the place of Bloodbraid Elf? Like, is this is this just strictly better than Bloodbraid Elf, or um, does the haste and like the cascade? I think the cascade outweighs it because. How many times have you have you played against Jund or even played Jund and by turn four a thought seize does nothing? True. Like this this card, you can almost think about it like Blood Raid Elf that always hits Inquisition or always hits Thought Seize. Like, like yeah, Blood Raid yeah. Elf, hey, you can hit a Liliana, you can hit a lightning bolt. Yeah. You can still hit a Thought Seize off of it. Yeah. I mean, not now, having to lose two life off of it for a three-two body is good. Does this make Jund maybe want? Because so, like in Jund, you're only splashing red for like Lightning Bolt, Bloodbraid Elf, and like Holigon's Command. So, does this card kind of maybe want to push you toward like I could just play the I could just play Rock and not have to worry about red. My mana base is way more consistent. Like this card's really good for a drop. Like I don't. <clears throat> I don't think they want to drop Ren and Six and Lightning Bolt. I forgot about Ren and Six. Nah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. Like, Jund, I think will still be Jund. Rock you might just get a love better. this card. Yeah. I do think. Yeah, you may. I think that's what they're trying to do. Trying to diversify the format a lot. Um, I mean, we can always see them pushing certain things. Like, yeah. Blue and Horizons is getting dumb man yeah the blue the blue card content here is well i mean okay let's just get the big one out of the way here well counterspell counterspell blue blue counter target spell uh, counterspell so the thing is can modern like survive counterspell it's like the big question of this episode right i guess it's probably gonna be like the title of this episode it's like can modern survive counterspell uh, we've talked about this, you know, earlier today and stuff a little bit. Um, I personally think they were testing that theory with um, Dovin's Veto. Yeah. You know? Like other kind of soft counter kind of stuff. Yeah, spell. like yeah. A, a two mana pit counter that only got non, uh, non-creature things. Yeah. And, you know, some decks play one in the main, one in the side. Um, counterspell, in, in my opinion, is a little bit better. Sure, it can still be countered, but so do you think like the like the big mana like the greedy mana control decks like Esper and stuff like like the three color control decks are they going to play like the whole grip of counterspell? Do you think they're going to play four of them? Like, can they consistently have double blue turn two, like without really doing a lot of damage to themselves by going to get shock lands? I know bringing them in untapped, like I know Esper could creeped up for a bit into some metas, but I honestly, with the way that meta is and how fast it is, I just don't see that them playing four of that. I kind of agree with you. Like if you're a, uh, I see a, blue white playing of maybe a grip. Yeah, you have three to four of but them. But if you're playing Esper and you go turn one fetch, bring in a land and you go turn two fetch bring in the land shock it and you're playing against mono red like 
just so you can have a lightning bolt. I mean, just so you can have a counter spell up. Like that seems real bad. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's you know a lot harder for the three color decks. I think it's going to be a lot like when Jace and Bloodbraid got unbanned, where people really freaked out to begin with, and then the minute they actually hit the meta, they had like a very minuscule impact on the meta. Like, and I think Counterspell is going to be the same way. I think people are really freaking out. Like, oh, man, Counterspell. Oh, my God, I can't believe Counterspell is going to be a modern. And then it's just going to be, like, marginally better than, say, like, Logic Knot or something like that. I don't think it's going to really, like, turn the format on its head. You have a bunch of Counterspells you can already cast, it, you know, from turn two anyways. You have Mana Leak. You've got um, Spell Snare to get people's two drops. Yeah, you've like, got this only becomes real good like late game where you have like uh, where you can have this mana up plus like negate mana or Dovin's veto mana up or so you have like multiple counter spell mana up. Um, I see this being the card that replaces any of the decks that play mana leak. This replacing mana leak. Yeah, I mean because, it's just strictly better than mana. Yes. Leak. Yeah. So I don't again I don't see it being a full grip in all most decks, but I see consistently two to three of them. Yeah. Maybe the full grip across the 75, but not in the main 60. If you're a mono blue deck. If you're a, man, if you're a mono blue deck, oh, I, th- yeah. I think you'll play in the main 60. Yeah. Like, you'll play four, four of these, no yeah. problem. Why not? But um, but if you're blue-white or Esper, maybe it's like a 2-2 two, two split, like two in the board, two in the main, or three in the main, one in the board, depending, like, like Esper and Jeskai decks, because like it, probably it, only play two. Well, I mean, in the mirror match, it's going to be indispensable. Like in the mirror match, you're just going to go with. Um, but then again, like the mystical negate, disputes. Yeah, and like and the Dovin's like vetoes are just as good in the mirror match. Yeah, so okay, yeah, that's kind of where I fall on it. Is I don't think it's going to like. I don't it's, think it's going to overly impact the format. I think it will be good, obviously. Like It's, it's something card. to rock the boat. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about Rashadden Dockhand. A one-mana, one-two Mirrorfolk with Island Walk. One-mana, tap it, tap target land. So it's Rashadden Port on a stick, right? Is this card good? Because <sighs> like, I've seen a lot of people be like, oh my god, it's Rashadden Port on a stick. Okay. Okay, but it dies to every removal spell that's ever been made. Like, so does it? Um, is it good? My problem with any effects on a stick is exactly they that. Just, they just, They're removable. Yeah, like you can't just play this and act like Fatal Push and Lightning Bolt don't exist. Like you just. Like, it is like. I know this is their way of getting around, not just reprinting cards into the ground. Yeah, I get that. But well, because if they would have if they would have just straight reprinted Rashad and Port, then we'd be talking about that pretty much the whole episode, right? Like that would yeah. just be like, oh god, I can't believe um, they're doing this. You know, like Magus of the Moon. <clears throat> yeah. Um, they printed like they've printed so many well, things like, on sticks, making it rare, giving it Island Walk. So like it has its own merits. It's not just you know like Rashad and Port on a stick. Like in a Mirrorfolk deck, this is an auto. If for some reason you're still playing Mirrorfolk. This is like an auto... You don't think so? No, because they're better one-drop Mirrorfolk. Yeah. That have Island Walk. Okay. Or can't be blocked. <clears throat> so you're really just going to be playing this... Maybe it's more like a board thing. If you just really have... So your opponent just has a land you need to deal with, like... 
Um, like if you're just getting your head beat in by a celestial colonnade or like raging ravines and you bring this in and this might sound real aggressive. <clears throat> if you're playing a creature to deal with a land, why are you playing magic? Well, like I just like, okay. My rebuttal to that is Fulminator Mage. Like that's the only reason Jun brings Fulminator Mage in. It's just to, like pop Tron lands and stuff. That's like, to destroy a land. Yeah. This just taps it. They can still have Tron, and still tap their other two lands for four mana. And if they have like duplicates of one, then you're it's not doing you any good anyway, right? So that's that's my problem with it. Is it okay. postpones a problem? It doesn't solve a problem. I think the only problem it might quote solve is if you're like getting your head smashed in by like a raging ravine or a uh celestial colonnade because those decks tend to not play like four of those lines. i mean maybe maybe blue white plays four blue white plays two nowadays maybe three and say jun plays like two raging ravines i think maybe one depending like i don't know like i get that it gives blue the opportunity to deal with lands but if you're playing a monocolor merfolk deck, run you some uh, Field of Runes. Yeah. Or some Ghost Quarters. Because that answers a land. It so doesn't again, postpone I, the land. So my takeaway is this is a card that because of the name, because it has a Rashad in, in the name. 100%. It, it has a lot of hype to it, but in the grand scheme of like the meta and the playability of the card, it's it's... It's like a C plus, maybe. Like, it's good, but it's not anything right home about. Yeah, like, yeah. don't get me wrong. A one mana for a one two, Merfolk, uh, that's so nice. Let's remove the Rashad import from it, right? Like, if it was just a one mana, one two with Island Walk, that's a Mirrorfolk. Like, that's playable with Mirrorfolk. Yeah, like. Right, so, I mean, it, it has some upside. So. It doesn't, I don't think it replaces anything in Mirrorfolk. Yeah. And Merfolk like, is such a fast deck that if again if they're tapping <clears throat> lands they're losing. If you're in a, if you're playing like let's say you're playing like mono blue Merfolk or like blue green Merfolk and you don't have anything to deal with like a flying land then this is like the only board option you have to deal with like colonnade then maybe, like that's where it falls in at. <sighs> Even then, I think you're in spreading seas instead. Fair. Yeah. Like, sure, it's two like, mana. Just put it on there. They can't get rid of their... But it's, it's an it's island, like, and you get to draw a card. Yeah, it's a lot easier for them to deal with this than it is to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, I mean... <clears throat> yeah, I think it's just, like, overhype yeah. on it. Okay, so a card that I want to talk about that we haven't actually talked about yet. Profane Tutor. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, Tutor with Suspend 2. How do we feel about this? They can see it coming, which, of course, you know, draws it back a little bit. Yeah. So the earliest, if you don't have any shenanigans in your deck, is going to be turn four. Yeah. Um, because it, it's, you have to, I'm not, I don't play a lot of suspend cards, so you have to pay the two to suspend it. Yep. And then it's two turns before it pops. Yeah. Right? During your upkeep, okay. upkeep, you remove a suspend counter. <clears throat> so you're going to play this on turn two, assumedly you have it that early. You got to wait two turns for it to go off. It pops off on turn four. And then you get to put that card into your hand. So mm -hmm. that is, a, that is better than some tutors where you like, have to put it on top of your deck or something like that right so you it is going to come to hand so effectively turn four you could play whatever card it is that you went to go get 
like it's a demonic tutor we have with suspend. Yeah. Um, Who you my, can. My question is, what deck wants this? You can cascade into it. Okay. And then use it immediately. Yeah, that's true. So ad nauseum. Oh. Might use it to pull specific things out of their decks that they okay. want. Um, that's not really the way they want to play because they want to be able to cascade into their drops. Yeah. But late game, if you go to cast something, you can cascade, hit this, grab you another cascade card, and then okay. play that and cascade a little bit further. Now, in in the commander context, this is just an A plus all day long. Like, oh, dude, in commander, yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in commander, this is just. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, in turn two, you play this, and in two turns, you get, you know... You, Whatever you want, yeah. By that time, you get a silver bullet to deal with something, or you get a combo piece. Yeah. So, I'm thinking in modern, this probably doesn't have... I think this is probably more of another case of, like, Commander Masters here, where it's like, I don't think this has a ton of appeal in modern. People don't play Demonic Tutor? Yeah. Cards and stuff like that in modern... Like people don't typically play tutors anyway, so I don't yeah. see how this is, um, would change. I that. don't think it's going to make a huge splash. Yeah, but I mean, we'll see. There are cards that were um, in Commander. There are cards people use that remove time counters from suspend yeah, cards. True, and this could just like this could just like open you know the door for some like crazy new deck we haven't even thought about yet, right? Like so, I mean, it, it's always, always a possibility. Yeah, there's always that possibility, but. Overall, as the meta sits at the moment, I don't really see this. Like, notice how we haven't talked about any white cards. <laughs> um, did you see the first white card on the list? The Sarah's emissary. Yeah. I mean, again, this is Commander Masters. That's weird. Yeah, this is Commander Masters. No Too one's much gonna, mana. No one's gonna play a seven-drop triple white angel in modern. Like, it's just they're not going to. Um. Enters the battlefield, it's a 7-7 seven, seven for 7, triple white and 4, it's an angel, it's got flying. But when it ETBs, you choose a card type, and then you and creatures you control have protection from the chosen card type. Again, like... I mean, if you're playing against... Like, okay, card type, so we're talking about, like... Protection from the chosen... So we're talking about, like, creature, enchantment, planeswalker, that kind of... That's, that's what we're talking about, Right. Um, yes. So you play a game creature. None of your opponent's creatures can hurt you. Like that—that's pretty silly. But I mean, again, it's a seven mana. I have a problem <clears throat> with the white angels. Like I'll go ahead and put this. Out. Well, they're just too big. They—they they like, print them with such high mana cost that you can rarely use some of them. That's why I think this is again. This is more of a commander type of situation here. This timeless dragon, I didn't even touch on because I just don't even. It's got eternalize on it. Like that mechanic wasn't even that great to begin with. So it's just like, I hate to be like white is. What was it like a couple of weeks ago? Everybody was like talking about how white was so weak and so underpowered and didn't have any good cards in it and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, other than like as far as modern goes, like they're kind of not wrong. I mean, you got like Path to Exile, and there are some things that are conditionally good. Like Lingering Souls is good on its own, but like. Okay, like, funny enough, I actually kind of like Timeless Dragon. Well, it's castable. It's five mana. You can might well, actually get there. It's two mana plane cycling. Yeah. So, turn two, you can pull, you know, 
you can ramp it out of your deck, and then later you can cast it from your yard for less mana. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it only comes back as a 4-4 from your yard, but But, it's, I mean, it's a 4-4 flyer, so, I mean... You know, it, it's you know, exactly what we want to do for magic. It pulls double work. Yeah. It helps you thin your deck. I don't care if people say that that doesn't matter for one card. Yeah, it that matters. Can, that absolutely matters. I, if Sure, it works for one card, but then you do it five times, and that's five cards you thin your deck out. Yeah. So you do that, and then late game, if no one's played a rest in peace or anything on you, yeah. you can pull that Recurring. back out of your yard You know, to do a second yeah. round with it. And I like that. Okay, that's fair. Um, Thrasta Tempest's Roar. Okay, I have not read that one yet. <laughs> I saw it and saw the man, and I was like, this is going to be good for green. <laughs> because that's what green needs. They needed one more good thing. Like, totally, that's what they needed. <clears throat> so this is a 12-mana 7-7 seven, seven dinosaur with Trample and Haste. Um, so you might be thinking, okay, 12 mana, this is totally unplayable. Well, this spell costs three less to cast for each other spell cast this turn. So, isn't that Storm? That's basically Storm, right? This is a dinosaur with Storm on it. I mean, the late, the, kind of. <laughs> the less, least that it can ca be cast for is two mana. You still have to pay yeah. the two green. Yeah. Um, I would, I would rather play Galta. Well, here's the thing. It has a very interesting, another interesting ability. It tramples over Planeswalkers. So if they attack your Planeswalker, and your Planeswalker has two loyalty on it, it's going to trample over and hit you and still do five to you. And that's the first time there's ever been anything like that on a Magic card. So that's a totally unique thing to that. But here's my thing. And, well, and it has hex proof as long as it entered the battlefield this turn. So there's just they just kind of threw like every. It's like they just grabbed a bunch of abilities and like slung them at a card and were like it, whatever stuck. They were like, sure, it, it can do that. And like, well, so wh <clears throat> where are you playing this card? Are you playing this in elves? Where no. in where in one turn you cast a bunch of elves and reduce the cost and then hit it for two? Wouldn't you rather just play Craterhood Behemoth? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't you rather just dump all that mana in Alice or Shepherd or Azuri? Like, like I think this card is really bad. Like I said, I would rather play Galta because it reduces its cost by the power of creatures yeah. you control. So I don't think this card's bad. I think this card suffers from a very unique like affliction where it just doesn't fit anywhere. Like yeah. the card, if you just take this card out of context and look at it, it's good. But it just doesn't. Who wants to play this in modern? Like, I mean, in commander, sure. Like, okay, whatever. Like, I mean, in commander, if you're paying a bunch of mana for spells, even one cost spells to reduce this cost, you play ten mana. You got to play three spells for this to cost three mana. Yeah. So, you know, that's still even if your spells are one mana cost cards. That still makes this cost six mana. Yeah. If you're paying six mana for a seven-seven trample haste card in commander, that's again. I can't imagine you doing the, like air quotes like you doing the thing. You're like I did it, and here's my payoff, and it's this. For all the setup that yeah, it okay. seems to need, it's 
too much of a headache. It's mediocre. And like when you finally do the thing, you're like, oh, that's that, that's it. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna cast three spells from your hand <clears throat> and this guy just to get a seven seven. That's yeah. gonna be really hard to do for six mana. Yeah. I just I think it's kind of ridiculous. I agree. I don't think it's great at all. Um Alright. Let's get to some spicy stuff here. We've got I'm gonna say Dakin. Dakone. But before we go to multicolor, subtlety. Like let's go through some of the blues real quick. Okay. Subtlety. This is another evoke card. So two blue and two for a three three flyer with flash. Okay, if that's all it said, I'm it's okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. When Subtlety enters the battlefield, choose up to one target creature spell or planeswalker spell. It, its owner puts that uh, on the top or bottom of their library. And you evoke its exile blue card from your hand. Yep. And you can exile a blue card. Like, and it has flash. This, so you can do that at instant speed. Like, this is kind of the, like, the opposite of, you know, like Dovin's Veto. Dovin's Veto is just non-creature. This specifically targets creatures and planeswalkers. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't see decks playing this if they are two to three colors, but I think some of the mono blue decks might play this some. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, here's the thing about this card. Everything, uh, kind of the same thing with the Thrasset thing, only this, I feel like this does deliver when it happens. Like, you're... You're actually really glad when this pops off and does its thing. <clears throat> but what again, just where does it go? What deck do it does it go into? Where does it, what shield does it fit in? Like I like who wants this card? Like over the things you're already playing in like a like you said, like in a mono blue deck where you're limited <clears throat> and you kind of just need things, this is good. Right? But I in in a, in a blue white control deck or a, a sideboard deck cards or something for um some of the like for maybe mill decks and things like that yeah um who can't really deal with some of the aggro you can just pitch a card to put one of their creatures early game on the bottom of their library or one of their planeswalkers yeah um i think it's good for things like that because they seem to be printing some actual mill cards in this which maybe we'll see a good recurrence of mill for modern we've seen a little bit lately yeah maybe they'll put a little bit more i think it's gonna be good for decks like that okay you know just a little bit extra protection all right let's talk about some of this multicolored stuff down here dakin i'm gonna say dakin shadow slayer he's an esper color planeswalker he's three mana he's a black a blue and a white um <clears throat> Comes out with zero loyalty on him. That's kind of wacky. Wait, hold on. Okay, his static. So, yeah, his static. He enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters on him equal to the number of lands you control. Oh, wow. So the further the okay. game gets, the better he gets. So if you rip him on turn 10, he comes out with 10 loyalty on him. Ugh. Yep. Okay. If you, yeah, he comes out <clears throat> at least with three. So plus one is Surveil 2, which I think... I think if you can stick this guy on turn three and just start surveilling, that's pretty good. So how do you feel about surveil? Um, 
Is it just strictly worse than scrying? Um, it really depends on your deck. I mean, like, if, if, if you want things in the yard, then this is better. But. Like, playing him, surveilling something, and the next turn being able to Snapcaster Mage and throw something at some something that you specifically put in your graveyard from Surveil works great. Okay. Um, like, I, I like both of them. I would prefer Scry, personally, but having, like, one of this guy in my deck would not hurt my feelings. Yeah. Negative uh, three, exile target creature. I mean, that, okay. That's just, okay, sure, that's good. That's great. Negative um, six, you may put an artifact card from your hand or graveyard on the battlefield. I feel like that's where he gets bad. No, that's where he gets good because that means you can surveil something into your yard. But what Esper decks are playing a bunch of grave? I mean, playing a bunch of artifact stuff though. Like, um, again, I think this is more of a commander thing. Yeah. Um. But you know, in commander, this is just a home run. Like this card's great. But in the context of modern, I just don't. So those first two abilities are good for modern. That negative six makes him so, like... Uh, he, it's like, okay, so... The thing that I like about Planeswalkers, to me, what makes a Planeswalker good is that its abilities don't limit it to, like, a particular archetype. Like, you can oh, no. play you can play that Planeswalker in a control deck. You can play it in a mid-range deck. You know, like Liliana the Bill, for example. You can play her in a variety of decks. Oh, no, I agree Ren and six, completely. You can play her in a variety... You can play Ren and Six in a variety of decks. He fits in... All kinds of stuff. This almost does, and then that last ability is like, well, if I'm not playing any artifacts, that last ability just literally doesn't even exist. So, um, no, like I, I completely agree with that. Um, he's not the best card by any means. Yeah, because again, it's it's the archetypes. You know, get, he fits in a specific deck. Um, in this like set for doing limited he'll be good yeah he's a three mana that'll probably sit there for a while and you oh, can and pull limited, your this big will things be great back. i mean and limited any planeswalker is um awesome like if you don't land ramp you can cast him turn six and immediately get an artifact from your yard yeah no one's gonna do that if uh, yeah right like i mean what okay so I I don't see where he really fits in. But again, there may be a deck we're not even thinking about right now. That's true. There could be some kind of like Tezzeret affinity weird thing combo deck. Yeah, right. Like, sure. Hey, you can never rule out combo. Um another really interesting planeswalker, Gris the Hunger Tide. Ooh, that's some text on that guy. Yeah, green, black, and a colorless. Um, I'm going to have to click on him to blow him up to see what he says. That's weird. He's got a ton of text on him. Let my, let my old laptop load. All right, here we go. Um, as long as it's your... Oh, as long as Gris the Hunger Tide isn't on the battlefield, it's a 1-1 insect creature in addition to its other types. Okay, so, I saw a bunch of people online talking about how if he's in the command zone, he's a creature, so he can be your commander. And that's pretty interesting. So he can be your commander, because in the command zone, he would be a creature. Um, plus one, 
right? Like, that's wacky, but yeah. Uh, plus one is create a 1-1 one, one black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. If an insect card was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat this process. Hold on. Oh. So, uh, insect tribal? <laughs> I, that's not even a thing. So, okay. Uh, negative two, you may sacrifice a creature when you do destroy target creature or planeswalker. Okay, the fact that they did or planeswalker makes that ability really good. Uh, negative five, each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. So, this is just not modern playable in the least bit. Right? So, we're just gonna... This is strictly a Commander Masters card. Like, they just... This is in... Welcome to Commander Masters 2021, right? So, your goal here is you make an insect deck and you mill yourself out and then you neg five him and you blast everybody and win? Um... Right? Like, that's... Maybe, but... Okay, I'm gonna... It seems like a really one-dimensional card to me. I'm gonna throw something out there about people saying he could be <clears throat> your... Your commander. Commander. It says he's a 1-1 insect creature, but it doesn't say he's a legendary creature. In addition to his other types. Legendary creature. But he's already a legendary planeswalker. I don't know if that supersedes that, though, and counts as being a legendary creature. Yeah, I don't know. Um, everything that I was, like, observing today, just in the limited time that I had to look at things online, it seemed like everyone was kind of under the impression that that is how it would work. Um, but we've been wrong before, so, I mean, that might not be the case, but... <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Yeah. Um, again, they're new cards. Yeah. People got to figure them out. But again, uh, to wrap this guy up, does this have any... I, I, you heard what I said. I think this has zero modern applications whatsoever. Does this have... Do you think this has any modern playability at all? I... I don't think so. That's kind of where I'm at on it, too. I really don't think so. Okay. Um, I'll, real quickly, I want to touch on Priest of the Fell Right, just because it's a black-white card. You know how I feel about black-white cards. Um, what do you think about this card in, like, maybe sideboards or something for um, dredge decks? Talking about Grist? Yes. Um... Think he might be a possibility of like a finisher. The thing is, though, like his plus one doesn't. You're not. They don't play any insects. So. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got to be a plus or negative five, so yeah. it's gonna be hard to get him there. Well, I mean, just two turns to get him there, but like, nah, that's too slow. Yeah, for, you're not really getting the value out of it. Too though. slow you're for just, dredge. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, priest of the fell rights. Uh, black white two two. So we got a bear here. Uh, human warlock. Uh, pay three life. Uh, tap, pay three life, sacrifice, priest of the fell rise, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, activate only as a sorcery, unearth for three and a black and a white, so five mana. You can unearth it for five mana. Um, I kind of like this card. Aristocrats. Yeah. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. if Aristocrats has any huge payoffs that they really want to, you know use her sack ability for well i mean you can if if they manage to get rid of your cartel aristocrat or your falcon wrath aristocrat yeah you can bring them back so there's that um i mean in commander this <clears throat> is going to be ridiculous oh yeah 
I just this is another one of those cards where like when I read over it initially, I was like, I like everything this card does. I just don't know where it goes at the moment, right? I just, I just don't know where this card fits in at. But That's I do a, like everything it's doing. We've, of course, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of a bunch more new cards printed that they haven't made before yeah. for this set. So maybe they'll print something else that it'll work a little better with. Um, but, I mean, it's not a bad card. Two mana for a, you know, 2-2 two, two that lets you get something back from your yard is pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. I don't want to hang out on this card too long because I think it's ridiculous and it has zero playability in modern whatsoever. But uh, Garth One-Eye. <laughs> uh, dude, that's straight up commander card. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I think I have a. So uh, we got a new thing that we can record the podcast on, and it has sound bites on it. And I think this is how I feel about Garth the One Eye. Nope, that's not it. Hold on. This card's ridiculous. Like I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. So it's it's five color. It's five mana. One of everything. For a 5-5 five, five legendary human wizard creature. Just try to process this text when I read it, okay? Tap. Choose a card name that has been chosen among these card names. Disenchant. Brain Geyser. <clears throat> excuse me. Terror, Shivan Dragon, Regrowth, and Black Lotus. Then you create a copy of the card with the chosen name, and you may cast the copy, but you still have to pay its mana cost. <clears throat> okay <clears throat> for five mana why in the world would I want to disenchant <laughs> why in the world would I want to uh, or it's not even five mana it's technically seven mana because you have to play this guy and then you have to cast the card too right what, Shivan Dragon like what, uh, what the, <laughs> I just don't know Black Lotus <laughs> um <clears throat> like okay, so you play him. You next the next turn after you play him. So on turn six, you could tap him, and you have a black lotus. Oh my god! Like <laughs> what? He's he's a combo piece. He he's a combo commander. Yeah, this is a com this is strictly commander only. Like this card has zero modern applications, as far oh, as course. I know at the moment. Of course, like, I I can't imagine anything this fits in. Um, but yeah, I mean like. Deadeye Navigator with yeah. this and... Um, Infinite Black Lotuses. Blink him. Yeah, with the boots. In, give him, put boots on him. Give him haste. Make a Black Lotus. Make a Black Lotus. Make a Black Lotus. Like, So, yeah. like Doing things like that, he makes you infinite mana. And then the last time you play him, you, you, you brain make geyser a brain geyser. And, and you, you know... Do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Like, <laughs> he, he's, he's a combo piece that you always have access to with your commander. Yeah. So, that's nice. But he literally gets no play anywhere. <clears throat> I know. This card's ridiculous. Like, it's just a meme. I mean, right. he's five mana for a 5-5 five, five human wizard. Like, that's I mean, not sure. bad. Okay. Uh, real quick, <laughs> we're going to touch on a couple of things real quick. A, uh, well, first off, they reprinted the Zendikar OG Fetchlands. So, that's great. Um, glad they did that because those needed reprinting. Um, Diamond Lion... Uh, disc no. Discard your hand, sacrifice, diamond lion, add three mana of any one color, activate only as an instant. What? What? <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, yeah, let's 
let's be honest, this set has a lot of reprint, like pseudo reprints. Yeah. Of things that they haven't really been able to reprint. This is, of course, Lion's Eye Diamond. On a stick. On a stick. I've already said how I feel about things on a stick. This is terrible. Um, We got a new sword, though. Three-mana artifact, Sword of Hearth and Home. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from green and from white. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target creature you own, then search your library for a basic land card. Put both cards onto the battlefield under your control, then shuffle. I mean, the pro the pro green and white is good. Like it just lets them get on right past like uh, Ariok champions. Like so, you could strap this like a red or a black creature. So I, th- I think this will probably wind up being a sideboard card for like mono red decks, really, because they just lose to Ariok champion. Like. And this just skirts right through her. Doesn't even care. So I think it's pretty good. I mean, it's good. It, yes, it, it's not fa- like the old swords though. Like the the old swords are just better. And yeah, like the the exile a creature you own works if you have ETB effects, or yeah. if you want to like pseudo untap your creature you just attacked with. But then are you going to want to pay pay two mana next turn? To re-equip it? Eh. I mean, maybe. It's, it's it a, just depends on the context of the game. I think it's a little clunky. Yeah. Um, if you have things like Reclamation Sage or um, Autumn Vale Knight yeah. and things like that, it's good. You can like use it, blink some things, you know, take some things out and stuff like that, which works. Yeah. Um, I don't know how effective it'll be in play. It'll probably just fall to the wayside like the other swords will. Yeah. Because if you were relegated to like a... Well, with Stoneforge Mystic in the format now, does this become like a good sideboard option for Stoneforge decks? Like, Just play Feast and Famine. Yeah. Because it protects you from Fatal Push and Path. No, no. Feast and Famine protects you from black and green stuff. Now, which one is the black and white? I have this a newer one, and it's Garbo. I don't remember what it's called, but it was bad. I think this is. I think this is strictly Wait, better. I'm thinking than that about one. definitely thinking about the wrong one then. Yeah, Feast and Famine is black and green, and it lets you draw a card every time you hit. That one's dumb good. Uh, that's like the main deck one. They all. It's like that one and. It's like that one in Fire and Ice, or the one they always like. They usually okay. play. Yeah, the Light and Shadow is um, you gain three life and return up to one target creature from your graveyard to your hand. Meh. Okay. That's fine, but this just really, really gets past like the Heliod decks and stuff like that. I feel like. Um, I mean, it's good. I mean, unless you put lands, too, so it's, like, ramping you. It all depends on what your meta is. Yeah. Like, I mean... Again, th- th- this every isn't a card, main deckable card. Every card just depends on what your meta is. Yeah, sure. I don't feel like this is a main deckable card at all. So, I mean, but it's definitely a good sideboard card. Yeah. Like, um, okay, the reason that we're here. Void Mirror. I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> I've been so stuck about this card all day long. So, two-mana artifact. 
Whenever a player casts a spell, if no colored mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. So R.I.P. Tron, R.I.P. Uh, like Eldrazi, okay, <laughs> R.I.P. Um, like uh, combos, like like no mana combo, like uh, colorless mana combos and stuff like that. Like, so we talked about this earlier. Like this shuts down all kinds of stuff that I don't think people are really thinking that it, about. They're just like, oh man, this messes up Tron a whole lot. And like I've honestly thought about that today, and it doesn't mess up Tron as much as well, people it, might think. I agree with you. I think especially because. Tron plays green sources. It it slows Tron. You have it to be more conservative with how you Tron. Like we were talking about earlier, you have to be more conservative with how you like pop your maps and stuff and your yeah. stars and I mean, yeah, it means yeah. that like, you know, I have to sure pull out a, a green mana early on. You can't just burn a chromatic star, turn one to draw a card when you know this might be coming along. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um <clears throat> but um But it just messes a lot of other decks. It up. just craps all over like Cascade. Yeah. Um, I think this is probably one of the most sideboardable cards I've seen so far. Like it, it like again, you're not going to be main decking this, but like as far as sideboard cards go, this is exactly the kind of sideboard card you want to see. Like it's an artifact, anyone can play it. It's only two mana, and it just shuts down some things like super hard, especially if you pair it with other hate like dampening spears or pitting needles or sorcerer spyglasses and stuff like that. If you have a package like that in your sideboard, you can just tear apart a. a or like Eldrazi Tron or something like that. Um, you know, I know we talked earlier about the Evoke cards. If Evoke does become a bigger thing because they're printing more of them, this stops Evoke too. Yeah. You know, it stops, you know, Pact of Negation and Slaughter Pact that we've talked yeah. about. It stops... Force of Negation. Force of yeah. Negation. It stops a lot of that. So... It... It becomes a nuisance that you have to find a way to deal with immediately, like especially in dude, especially in like a like a death and taxes type deck. It's just just one more thing that's like, <laughs> well now I can't force stuff right, and like now I can't uh, pack the negation things or solder pack stuff. Now I can't cascade into things like like it, and I know we've talked about the, you know earlier about um, you know how good it is compared to other things and. You know, damping sphere. I think this. I honestly think this probably just replaces damping sphere in sideboards. I think so too. Yeah, I think I think it it, it hits more. It does mostly the same thing you want damping sphere to do against Tron, but it also just with no effort to you, it also just impacts a bunch of other mechanics and stuff as well. Um, damping sphere can screw yourself over. Yes. Because it means all of your spells cost more the more you cast. Yeah. With this, you know, it can effectively turn into your opponent just having a hand or a you know, board full of mana, but nowhere that they can actually put it. Yeah. And I think that matters well, we a lot. We were talking, like, it just completely shuts down uh, Tobolt's Trickery decks, too. Like, they just can't zero oh, yeah. mana Tormod's Crypt. Yeah, like... Any deck that tries to get stuff out yeah. for free, it stops. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. So that's kind of the brief wrap-up on the Modern Horizons 2 stuff. Uh, I know I said earlier that we were going to talk about Historic, but uh, it's kind of getting to the point where I guess we're going to wrap the podcast up. So we'll, we'll hit Historic next time. Because I definitely have a lot of opinions about what's going on on Arena with Historic, so I want to get those out there. 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we are glad to be back. And if you are listening to us, um, we are on YouTube as well. So there will be a video version of the podcast. If you care to just stare at us in my living room, uh, drinking whiskey and looking at computer screens, then uh, if you would rather watch that than listen to it, then uh, that's definitely a thing you can do. But uh, we are on YouTube. Great greatness at any cost, and uh, we will be doing other kinds of content on YouTube as well. So even if you are just, even if you even if you prefer to just listen to the podcast, you should subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, because we will be doing like arena content over there. Going to try to start. There's already some unboxing videos on there that we did earlier that we did like late, like last year. Uh, so we're going to start doing some unboxings again. We'll do arena content. Video version of the podcast will be up on there. Um, and if you are, so, you know, if you head over there, send a like, uh, subscribe to the page, all that good stuff. Uh, if you're listening to us on whatever your preferred podcasting platform is, um, leave us a review. The reviews help, you know, subscribe, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, we have been greatness at any cost, and we will be back next week. Peace.